Welcome to Talkin' Star Wars. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Join your hosts, Robin Vogt and Scott Inch, as they explore all aspects. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, Let the Wookiee win. From a galaxy far, far away. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I've been waiting for you all be long. This week on Talking Star Wars, we have a couple of smaller topics we want to talk about. Of course, with Celebration right around the corner, guys, not much news out just yet. We're waiting patiently for stuff to drop in Orlando at Star Wars Celebration. However, it seems like we have a plan going on here as we move forward, and it seems like Mr. Bob Iger is starting to extend the Star Wars universe even just a little bit longer, and that year is now set at 2 2030. First of all, I'm going to throw it over to you. Let's start hypothesizing on what we would like to see in Star Wars for this time. Oh, another 20, 12, 13 years of Star Wars, if not longer. Yeah. I can't wait. I cannot wait because there's going to be so much more stories coming from the movies, books, TV, games. There's going to be so much coming. I'm glad they're planning it out because I think when Force Awakens came out before that, everybody was so tired about it. I don't think Lucasfilm and Disney knew themselves that this was going to work. Whatever you say about the prequels, they were not critically received well, shall we say, and not universally loved by all the fans. So when, when the new trilogy and standalone movies come along. This was a test, like especially with the standalone movie, it was a test. And Gareth Edwards even said that celebration last year that this was a test. Like, well let's see if this works. Wow oh boy oh boy did that pay off without making over a billion. So there we go. Yeah. It's now that they've had these two movies come out, they're now looking forward to the future. We've got Han Solo standalone coming up. We've got episode eight and episode nine. Beyond episode nine, what are we going to get? Movie wise, I want Kenobi. And there has to be an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. And I think it's been hinted that it might come because of the comics with Obi Wan being in that. And you, me, and Brian, both, uh, the three of us love Twin Sons. We, we talked about it just a couple of weeks ago and how Obi Wan was in that. And boy, oh boy. Was the fan reception of that episode was fantastic. Everybody loved it. So I think we're going to get Obi-Wan coming soon and I think it's going to be announced at Celebration. I was hoping for it at Celebration last year and you and Bodega coming on stage saying, I'm going to do the Obi-Wan movie because it was in the UK at the time filming Transporting 2. So yeah, I'm definitely hoping for an Obi-Wan movie moving forward. Actually, that's one of the major topics we talked about. You guys can check it out uh, towards the end of this week, which was our live session at EXTV Studios here in Exeter, New Hampshire. And we talked about how Star Wars was going to extend into 2030. And one of the things we talked about, Scott, and you brought it up right here, is that Obi-Wan is based on what fans want. They would just love to see him play a role in this plan going forward, whether it is in a Netflix series, whether it is, I mean, I know you're somebody who loves the films and loves to talk about them. I agree. I think Obi-Wan has to be in some kind of film, something we can kind of dissect. We can get on Blu-ray. We can go through. We can do commentary on because there's just so much story there. And I'm glad you brought up the canon content because that's one of our things on talking Star Wars is the comic books and the novels and everything. Now is the time to make this announcement and get fans going. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to be saying, I'm going to go above 60. I'm going to go 70% at the moment. Oh. <laughs> and we're going to get that nice of Obi-Wan. It's everybody's wanting it. Ewan McGregor's even up for doing it. And we had Obi-Wan in The Force Awakens. 
Uh, just that brief snippet by Alec Guinness. Well, I pre-recorded uh, Alec Guinness from years and years ago, and a new verse spoken by Ewan McGregor, who originally was meant to be James Arnold Taylor, but then they managed to get Ewan McGregor to come in and do the voice instead. Obi-Wan is one of the movies I want to see coming up, whether it's a trilogy or just a standalone. If you've seen Twin Sons, you know how the certain Darth Maul, Obi-Wan storylines dealt with, so we won't be getting that. I think we can all agree on that, we're not going to get that. I think we'll get, actually, I don't know what we'll get, we could get Obi-Wan. I don't know if he'll leave Tatooine, because in the comics, he never really left Tatooine. You know, he's still looking for Luke, and I don't think he would leave Luke unprotected, so there'll be more his journey if we were to get it. The other set of movies I would love to see, you and I have both spoke about it before, Old Republic. Old Republic. I think after the trip, the saga movies are done, I think they need to concentrate on giving the saga movies just a tiny bit of a break, you know, so we can get Daisy, John and Oscar and everybody else who's involved in this, these new saga movies can just get a break and let the characters grow older and then it'd be nice to do like an old Republic trilogy movie and then we can start getting into different stories there and then come back maybe five, six years down the line, bam, we're right back into episodes 10, 11, 12. Boom, exactly. Totally agree. Mature the characters, make sure they age well. That's that's the other thing. We gotta make sure that they age well. Wow. And that um they can still play these roles as they move forward. I I don't see Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. Listen, I'm gonna say it right now. Daisy Ridley is probably one of the most beautiful women in the world. One of the things I will say is that she's still going to look young, even though she's going to be playing somebody who's 20 years older if they follow that. And that's exactly what you bring up, Scott. You need that aging process. I know it sounds like a really fine wine. And it also allows fans to kind of retract and say, you know what, let's get some different content out there for us to understand and kind of break into before we pick up again. And I have to admit, that gap that we had between the original trilogy and then, of course, the prequels, that gap of time, even though it was pretty long, it allowed the fans to really go back and start studying the content and the other material, the comic books, the novels, and really enjoy the Star Wars universe as it was. I don't want to see Daisy Ridley uh, being 29 and having to play a four-year-old character. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can maybe get away with Oscar Isaac because he's more that age, but Daisy Ridley's younger than me, so I don't want to see her play a four-year-old character. Just quite yet. I, I I know some Disney shows do that where they have their characters age for twenty years. It's like no, you're clearly still a teenager. Don't confuse me with that sort of stuff. <laughs> not that I watch any Disney shows. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that's a different story altogether. To fill in a gap that we still haven't seen much is between episode one and two. I'd like a movie in between that time because there's so much leading into episode two and three that we still don't know about that could be filled like Master Sifo-Dyas. Let's find out about that. Let's find out. Went and got the clone army started and how he got Jango Fett to come and convince him. Episode one between episode two, I want something filled in there. When it comes to the novels, they've seen a lot of success with the novels, more success, I think, than they even imagined once Force Awakens came, once the Aftermath trilogy started. You know, I know Chuck Wendig takes a lot of heat for that first book, and we're kind of a fair share of doing that. But <laughs> at the same time, those last two books solidified him as an author in the Star Wars universe. 
I'd like to see him get another chance at something as well. I would love to see him get another chance at either a trilogy or maybe it's even just a two book about something. Somebody like a Drew Carpetian, somebody else that they can pull from the Star Wars novelization universe, I guess you could say, the author's universe, to bring back into writing Star Wars again would just be great. Some of the stuff that he touched on, I think was Catalyst, just the way that the characters moved throughout, throughout that, getting some background to Galen Erso and to Lyra and to their relationship. That was great stuff. I mean, that was some great stuff. Yeah. Really helped enhance the viewing of Rogue One. And I think novels have to do that. I think they have to enhance the cinematic experience. Not many people read them. I don't I don't feel. When I go to a theater and I go to see Star Wars, sometimes I'm sitting there alone other than Sean and I'm like, do you guys know the backstory of Galen or so? That's what I did when I went to see Rogue One. I was like, because my friend Ross had read the book, and I'm like, and when it's like Elena, um, Jim's mum, I'm like, she's got a backstory, you know? <laughs> to explain why she doesn't like Krennic. I read that, and I'm sitting there in the audience at midnight going, no one, no one read this book, eh? <laughs> I can, and then, because you got the better understanding between Tarkin and Krennic. Why their heads butted. You understand why Galen didn't want to be there building a the Death because he found out what he was, what they were building. And you can see, understand why they saw Guerrero's relationship with Jim. So, because there's people sitting there going, well, I don't understand this. What's their story together? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to do like a Christian Harlow. Oh, I don't get this at all. He, yeah, even Mark Ellis read it. I was quite surprised he read that book. And I'm glad he did because he kind of got the backstory. He's like, well, and he's even prefaced it in Jedi Council. So well done to Mark Ellis for reading a book. (laughs) (laughs) He gets a pass in class. Um, That book. It was so much easier. It made you enjoy the movie more. It made you experience the movie better. It just made the whole universe more richer and that movie more richer. Because if you you read Catalyst, then you read, watch uh, Rogue One, they go into, and you hope that's like a trilogy in itself. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's where the Star Wars novels have to be, just to kind of put a light on this part. The Star Wars novels have to be a movie enhancer. They have to be a cinematic enhancement. At the same time, they can hold their own story. That's the beauty of these novels is that in the canon content. They can hold their own at the same time and you can go back and forth like one of the things i did after reading catalyst seeing rogue one is i went back to catalyst and some of those experiences of galen going to see some of these planets being used by the empire for mine resources and everything to create the death star yeah. and then hearing the story about whatever was left of the trade federation and whatever else and what the empire did with them and poggle the lesser i mean just that story alone i went back to it and it was like wow Catalyst made me appreciate the prequels even more. Yeah. Especially Poggle the Lesser and what the Trade Federation was doing with Count Dooku behind the scenes. It made me appreciate those films a lot more. Catalyst made you appreciate the prequels better. Dark Disciple made you appreciate the prequels better. Lords of the Sith made you appreciate because these are all prequel books set before the original trilogy. Even the Clone Wars made you appreciate the prequels better. I, I know how much I love Jar Jar. Um, I'm very quiet right now. It just makes you appreciate the prequels a lot better. It makes you appreciate, you know what, there are some good stuff in the prequels. And to be fair, if it wasn't for the prequels, you would have had a very, very bigger long gap for Star Wars. If you would have had like the 20th anniversary movies, and that was a build of special editions and then what would you have got after that with Lucasfilm have sold it off to Disney this is another parallel world situation what what if situation uh, you and I have spoke about this the last time 
what if George Lucas didn't sell it? Would we have these new movies? It's a what if, but yeah, just appreciate the prequels for what they are. And I mean, especially with Revenge of the Sith, it gave us the Empire coming in. I mean, I, I love the fight scene between Anakin and Obi-Wan. It's a great fight scene. The face of the, the, the music, Duel of the Fates, and then you've got Yoda fighting the Empire. Just, I, I, I always like sit up and watch that and just Duel of the Fates both together. Oh, sorry. It's just, I, I enjoy those scenes. But Scott, the prequels, you know, the prequels <laughs> touched upon many chlorians and everything. We can't have those in the canonized universe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to check. I'm going to back check that one. But no, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, that's what the novels need to do. They need to solidify this universe and bring it back to the fans and allow them to explore it. I said it in my recent article about why theories work. It's really important that fans have the ability to go and research and read the novels and to bring this universe into their lives in whatever way they want to do it. They can pick and choose. They can read the comics. They can read the novels. And again, as we're talking about Star Wars heading into 2030 and what the plans are along the road, I think novels and comic books do still have to be a major part of that development as we move forward. Speaking of novels, I think we just want to kind of do like a little preview into something a little bit special here. And that is the upcoming Grand Admiral Thrawn novel. This is something that Scott, lucky enough, was at Celebration last year and they made the announcement. Anne's reacted uh, pretty hyped to this announcement. And there's a lot of things that this novel could touch upon that I think that we would like to see. But just as an overall view of this novel, Scott, what are some things you're hoping to see in this novel? The Thrawn novel is going to do some pretty special things for this canonized universe. Well, we know that the Thrawn trilogy from 1931 was set after Return of the Jedi, and we know that Thrawn was there during the peak of the Empire, so Levels has shown us that. So I would like to see his relationship with the Emperor, and spoilers, and I'm waving my hand to you, so if you read that extract that came out a couple of weeks ago, you, me and Bryce spoke about it on Rebels Recap a couple of weeks back, how he was speaking to the Emperor, he knows who Vader is, I, I feel he knows who Vader is, and I'd like to see Thrawn, like, I think this is kind of going to be about the same, I know I mentioned it earlier, Lost Stars, I think this is going to be about where we're going to go through different periods of Thrawn's life, the same with Catalyst, how that went through different periods of Jim's and Galen and Krennic's lives, it all went through. So I think we're going to get the same kind of book, his backstory, how he, because we know it's going to be different from Legends, we know, because this is the kind of activity zombie stuff over from Legends into the book. We'll have to wait and see, but I think he'll want to create something new. He's got to go with the storyboard now. This is not like he's got to coordinate with them and say, well, here's where you can go, here's where you can't go. So about his people, what his life is like, and then how he grows up to the rank of Grand Admiral Thrawn, his relationship with the Emperor, his relationship with Vader, really how his relationship with the, the main characters, Tarkin. If he had any interaction with Krennic at all, if he knew about the Death Star, you know, just stuff to kind of tie us in, like just a wee nod to set it down here and there. But to me, it's got to be like his interaction with Vader. We haven't seen it on screen yet. I want to see it in this book, and I think I'll freak out when I read it. We've seen a lot of Thrawn being the powerhouse figure in the Empire. I want to know how this. I want to see some vulnerability. You know, being a Chiss in the Empire, being an alien as the Empire categorizes him. You know, the Emperor brought him on because of his brains and his ability to break down situations. That's something from Legends that's going to come into canon. I think we pretty much know that because Rebels has yeah. done that beautifully. 
there is a vulnerability to Thrawn that I would love to see play out in this book. Just, you know, of, of course, it's, I don't want to say it's really like being bullied at school kind of thing. Like, hey, alien. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be like that, but. He doesn't I, like I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you either. I want it. <laughs> and there is something there that we really don't know about. Like, he could be picked on. I'm, I'm just going to say that now. He could be picked on by others in the Empire because he's earned this favorability with the Emperor and because he's alien, you know? People within the Empire were always told these are lessers to the human race. You see aliens as lower people. And to see that vulnerability with Thrawn, I think, is the one aspect of this book. But even for just a second, if one of his constituents puts him up against the wall and says, dude, we're going to put you in your place, that would be something else. That has to be tough. Um, I just want to see how the Emperor uses that great mind of his, how he gets him to use it. And there's so much in this book. We can theorise all night. Hours. Hours. I think we both want to be surprised about what's going to come out of this book. And uh, I think we've only got another week or so to wait. And it's out, I think it's out next week, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so uh, the minute I get that book, I'll be straight into it. I think it's that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call here on the podcast network. Plug time. It's plug time here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network and talking Star Wars. Mr. Scott Inch, where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on this little thing called Facebook. It's very big thing. Oh, oh uh, it's Scott Inch or on Twitter at ScottIsJ85. I believe this is this little wee thing where people tweet to each other. So uh, you can find me there. And also ch- check out in a couple of weeks for my Star Wars canon books. And I'm breaking that down. So look out for that. I'll be coming in the next few weeks. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. You can follow me over on Instagram at the official vote. Make sure to send me that friend request over on Facebook. Make sure to like the Brick City Blockade podcast network across social media. For Mr. Scottage over there in the UK, this is Robin Vote of the Brick City Blockade podcast network. Thank you guys for watching and listening to Talking Star Wars. And we'll see you soon. May the force be with you. Always.